listeners, and welcome as always to Dames and Dragons. It is my pleasure today to tell you about The Lion's Vault. The Lion's Vault is an epic six-part adventure available for both 5th edition Dungeons and & Dragons and Pathfinder. It comes to us from 2C Gaming, an independent publisher that funds their projects through Kickstarter. They've already released two stunning original modules for the Lion's Vault adventure and are currently funding their third, which focuses on a deadly plague with lasting consequences for the world. Head to 2cgaming.com to fund their Kickstarter and get rewards, or to purchase their modules in print or as PDFs. Their Kickstarter is running for the entire month of August, and at the Everything tier you can get Part 1 and Part 2 of The Lion's Vault. Again, that's 2cgaming.com. I want you die in a fire. I want to throw you out just like my broken TV. You suck! You are a bullshit! I'm not saying it because I love Sonic. No! I'm saying it because it's fucking annoying. Why don't you understand that you're getting hated? I know it's your opinion, but keep it inside you. <laughs> Look, I hate Sonic Boom, but I keep it inside me <laughs> because I will get A-N-N-O-Y-E-D. I hope you understand, sucker. The only sucker here is you. <laughs> Replier is sucker. If you understand me, then reply. <laughs> What was this beautiful work of art? <laughs> this poem? This piece of art that you have read for us. So, in the year of our Lord, 2010, I had a DeviantArt account, which will remain nameless, and I posted a stamp. And mine said, I hate Sonic. Because I hated Sonic, <laughs> and I still don't like Sonic. To be clear, I side with the commenter because I love Sonic. Same, <laughs> you same. Fuck you, Sophia. Fuck Gre you, Noelle. Green Hill Zone. Green Hill Zone. I don't even know what that means. Also, to be even more clear, what Caitlin read was one of the comments from that I hate Sonic stamp. There are exactly 1,000 comments <gasps> on this stamp. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all amazing, by the way. Caitlin and I scroll through them for fun on a regular basis. <laughs> they are just... So in summary, we love Sonic, and mm -hmm. we hope you also love Sonic. Yeah. And, and if you don't love Sonic, you are a bullshit. Yeah, you are bullshit. <laughs> if you like Sonic. Hey, hey, bullshit. No. Hey, bullshit. Hey. Let's play some D&D. &D. Oh. I'm your DM. Hi, I am Caitlin. I hate Sonic. I play Corbin, uh, who's a level six uh, druid. 
Hi, I'm Sophia. I play Sonic. Um, <laughs> Get off the fucking podcast. <laughs> I don't think so. Hi, I'm Noelle. Um, I play Tails, but only in player one mode where I come back to life every time I die. Can you guys please say what characters you play? No, I did. So you guys have finished up at Fang Lake. You got your protector's blade, uh, and Dawson came out of nowhere and took it from you just after mm-hmm. you had figured out uh, who was going to carry it to get those sweet <laughs> bonuses. Um, and he gave you the location of Wavell's Tower, which uh, y'all are headed off to now. Um, before we uh, set off to go, I'm going to pull Laika and Corbin aside before we leave. And I say, so what's the real plan, though? So you guys just discussed the plan that was like just to kill the gods and that's like your whole plan. And so like I know like that's like the story that you're going to like tell Mary because she might be, you know, evil inside and whatever else. But like, what's the real plan? That That is the real plan. We're going to kill gods along the way. Right. But you're going to what? You're going to kill like Dawson? You're going to kill Vioni? Dawson's not a god. Also, his name is like Daniel Mc. Daniel, what do you mean? What do I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Jerry Seinfeld. What do you mean? Well, we can't kill the gods. There's like 50 of them and they have, I don't know, like untold power. Like, how are we going to kill one? Okay. What's your plan? Listen, here's my idea. We got to get real strong. Like, real powerful. Like, with these cool bracers I had that we got from dead... Dumbling Daniel, all right? <laughs> Listen. It's Dashing Dawson. You hear a voice <laughs> on the other, The other thing I have, we don't know, but maybe there's a way to give up godhood. Maybe these gods, if they were willing, would give up their power. If they really understood how much pain and destruction they were bringing to the rest of the world. Or we could become gods or we and then could kill become, them all. We could become gods and kill them. That's another option. <laughs> we can do it for sure. So what you guys are saying is you don't have a plan. Let's all think on this and come back to, to it tomorrow. Do not tell Mary the plan again, as you clearly have done. Mary, where are you? Ma- oh, Mary, I want to tell you the plan. To God. Uh, Mary... The goddess, she's hanging out over with Zarun, and she gives you guys a confused wave, and then signs, are we gonna get going soon? Yes, my dear, we're gonna go. <laughs> I, I asked Mary, is there a way that a god could give up their godhood? She shrugs. <laughs> she, she doesn't know. Mary, is there a way for a mortal to become a god? Obviously. <laughs> she, looks at, she looks at you like you're an idiot. <laughs> I high-five Gorman. Uh, Fran walks away and goes to walk by Mary. Uh, okay. All right. So uh, from where you guys are, it's a couple days trek up to the Tower of Wavell. So here's something I want to know. Are you guys traveling by the roads or are you attempting to get there without using the main roads? Here's my input into this. Yeah. We all three and our companions, except for the goddess, are really more used to woods That's than we true. are to That's roads. That's true. I was so just I feel like if say, we felt like there was any chance that going right. through the woods would help, then we would go through the woods. I think you're right. I think that makes more sense. Well, and yeah. I know 
There's like a thing that Corbin has as being like a druid, which is that he like is good at surviving in the wilderness. That makes sense, yeah. What? How busy are the main roads? That's the other question. That's a good question. Yeah. Um so you did I'm I'm just gonna say that you guys did take mostly the road up here to to uh Fang Lake. And mm-hmm. probably the most busy was the main road going out of Danmar. But as you got further and further away from the city, there were fewer and fewer people. Looks like we're going in the woods. <laughs> there we go. Uh, okay, so you guys decide to go through the woods. Uh, it seems like the safer bet. You guys are used to the woods. Um, so you start heading up along. Uh, th- there aren't very many landmarks for you guys to follow, so I'm going to have you roll survival checks. I got a 14. Okay. I got a natural one. <laughs> oh. Fran does not know shit about the woods. <laughs> then I have what Sophia got, which is 14. Okay. She's not very good. Okay. Um. So this journey is going to take you then. It's going to take you five days. You got to start heading. You know it's north and you know how to find north. But you, you started when you were at Fang Lake. The plants all seem familiar. It's deciduous forests. But as you start heading north, the trees become thin, and they don't have leaves, they have needles, and it's, it becomes much denser and much harder to navigate. Instead of these big trees with their deep root systems and their wide trunks that are widely spaced out, you have all these small, thin-trunked trees that are all packed in close together, and it makes it very, very difficult to keep your bearings. Um, there's points where you can't see the sun. So it takes you guys a little bit longer to get up to where you're going. So even as you guys are starting to get lost, Corbin, you can turn into a crow and you can fly up ahead and get a good look around at at where you're going and realize, okay, so we need to cross, you know, three rivers. There are three rivers that way. Let's go. But so one night when you're making camp, Laika, you are on watch this night and at night, this forest, with its tall, thin trees and their and their long, drooping, hooked branches, it's very spooky. And you're sitting by the fire, looking out into this forest, and you see a pair of yellow eyes. Is it a wolf? So as you're you're looking and you're trying to figure out what it is, it's coming towards you, and you see it is. It's a wolf. It's a wolf with, with black fur, and you get up to go greet it. It trots over to you. And uh, you reach out your hand and put it on this wolf's head. And suddenly, your hand starts sinking into it. And the fur starts coming around your hand and pulling you in. And the wolf's face becomes less wolf-like and more monstrous. And this fur, you realize it's not fur. It's something else. It's, It's slick. And it's sharp, and it's pulling you in. And you try try and pull your hand back, but you're not able to. And it opens its mouth and shows all these rows of bone-white teeth. And as you stare at it, you see that it has a crown of bones on its head. And you open your mouth to scream, and then you sit up. And you look around. And you weren't on watch. It, It was Mary's turn. Had the dream. Uh, so uh, Mary's awake. Yeah. So Mary, she looks at you, uh, like a, and she says, "I'm so scared." 
I'm scared. <laughs> oh, oh she, God. She she signs. Are are you okay? No. <laughs> I had a real bad dream. What the hell? Do you uh, do you tell her about your dream? Yeah, I'll tell her about. I tell. I wake everybody up. I tell them all about my dream. Oh my god, what is going on? I had a bad dream. Oh, Fran lays down again and tries to go back to sleep. Like, uh, just lays next to her and like spoons her. Basically, <laughs> Fran just continues to groan at a low level decibel. I'm scared, Fran. I've never been scared before in my life. <laughs> Not even when Estro was falling and everybody you knew was dying. That was bad, but this is spooky. <laughs> Corbin wakes up and says, How is your stupid dream worse than what happened on Estro? I have bad dreams like every night. <laughs> what are you dreaming about? Bad stuff. Give me some details. Dead birds. Oh, man, that's the worst. Kind of like my dream about a bad wolf. My dreams are worse. So Mary, she gets you back up um, so that she can sign to you. And she asks you, uh, what What did the wolf look like? It had yellow eyes. What else? It was black, oily, and I thought it had fur, and then it had a crown of bones. She sits down again, and she looks at the ground, and she start, she starts picking up pine needles and breaking them. And eventually she stops fidgeting and signs I have dreams about it too the same wolf? she nods it's not and then signs it's not a wolf I don't think I don't know in my dreams it's always fighting with a man who has a flaming sword and I don't ever know which one I want to win do you think they're gods? She shrugs. Fran sits up and she says, God, am I the only one around here who's not like super evil inside? <laughs> you guys are all possessed by Torva. And she goes back to sleep. <laughs> um, the goddess- You're the most evil of us all, Fran. Fran sticks out her middle finger from her bedroll and then rolls over. <laughs> Case in point. So when, when Fran says that, that offhanded comment about being possessed by Torva, the goddess looks... She looks actually quite upset by that, but, she, you know, she doesn't say anything or sign anything. Laika puts a hand on the goddess's shoulder. Nobody's possessed by Torva, but maybe this is part of what they meant by Torva seeking us out and following us. It could be related, or maybe it's some other gods entirely, or maybe it's just dreams. I'm not a dream analysis guy. The goddess signs it. It may be dreams, it may not be, but let's all just try and keep each other in the loop about these things. Fran's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Corbin's also asleep. Laika glares at both of them and then says, yeah, I think that's a good idea. All right. So uh, you guys take another few days, and at this point, by the time... You are getting close. You've run out of rations. Should we hunt or do we feel like we're almost there and we should just keep going? No, you. by the time that you're out of rations, Corbin, on one of your scouting trips up above the treetops, you see that there is a small town up ahead. And uh, you, you reach this town pretty quickly after that. And according to your map, 
Wavell's tower is like a stone's throw from this place. But hmm. Corbin, when you're looking above the trees, you can't see anything that looks even vaguely resembling a tower. So you head into this little town. And when I say town, I'm saying that very generously. It's about a dozen houses. Um, and they're all thatched roofs, clay walls. It seems like they're just a little village. They subsist on their own. There's maybe 50 people in this town. But they're actively avoiding you. Actually, you see, as you're coming into town, people are, are taking their children off the streets and uh, bringing them inside. Are these humans? Yeah, it's it's humans. And nobody stays outside? Some adults do. Uh, people who are working, you see there's a, a man in front of what looks like a, a little general goods store who's uh, he's splitting logs for firewood. Um, I don't know. Can I? What do people do in villages? That's what they do. <laughs> so wh- what you ha- see in this town, there is a little general goods store. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something that looks like it's not exactly a tavern, but it's some sort of like a place that serves drinks and might have some beds. And then mostly it's houses that have little subsistence farms. Okay. Should we head over to that general... Well, should we leave these wolves somewhere? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. So Jinji's like, she's ready to just plow into this town. And Zarun like, nips her tail. Okay. These people, we do not want to frighten them further. Come. Stay with me in the woods where it is safe. Cool. And then the goddess is coming with us? Yeah, goddess comes with you. Sweet. All right, we go up to the guy outside the general store, or what we think is a general store. <laughs> the door is open. There are goods inside. Oh, it's open? Okay, well, let's go in there then. <laughs> okay. I was going to talk to the guy, but I don't care about him then. <laughs> yeah. As you guys go into the store, the man who was uh, cutting firewood, he follows you inside. Oh. <laughs> okay. It is his store. He's, he was just cutting firewood. Um <laughs> There isn't much for sale here. There's some basic tools and some rations. We just want to replenish our rations. Mm-hmm. Do we have to talk to this guy? Yeah, he's watching <laughs> you guys as you're in his store. He he goes and stands behind the counter with he's his like, arms crossed. Have you heard of that haunted tower? Just kidding, you can't <laughs> speak the language. Yep. As you guys are sort of uh, perusing and... I'm touching everything. <laughs> while making eye contact with him? Yes. <laughs> he is glaring. He is a, a big brick house of a man with a big black beard. and He's a brick house. You just want to buy some rations? Yes. Okay. Does he have marshmallows? Yeah, actually he does. All right. I want to buy, buy some marshmallows. Yeah, me too. That's going to cost you extra. How much? It costs you the same as a portion of rations. Yeah, it's fine. Those are cheap. And as you make your purchase... He says something that you don't understand. So the goddess signs to you, I wish we knew what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't seem very friendly. He probably wants me to stop touching his wheat, I say, with my hand deep in the wheat up to my shoulder. He absolutely wants you to stop <laughs> touching his wheat. Like, I, I laugh and pull my hand out. <laughs> Corbin, Corbin starts to peck at the wheat. Are you a crow? <laughs> no, I just as a human. Oh my god! And and the man has been looking very closely at Mary, and eventually he gives a broken attempt at a sign, like stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I sign back no, no. 
Uh, Corbin's whole head is in the wheat at this point. (laughs) The man is getting much more agitated, and the goddess quickly signs, like, I'm so sorry for these people. They don't understand how to be normal people. They were raised in the woods by wolves and other creatures. And even though she's signing pretty quickly at this point, he seems like he's understanding her. Hmm. Oh, cool. And he glares... And he comes over to you, Corbin, and he grabs you by the the back of your shirt and he just pulls you up out of the wheat. (laughs) (laughs) He holds out his hand for your money and I Mm -hmm. assume y'all pay him. Yeah. 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 And he pockets the money and then he nods to Mary and he goes back to stand behind the counter until you leave. I go up to Mary. I say, ask about the tower. She signs to him. Do you know about the Tower of Wavell? And he takes a minute, and he tries to sign again. Does signs for don't, and bad, and lost. Uh-oh. He's that guy at the gas station. He's telling us to turn back, yeah. crazy teens. <laughs> He's saying, that tower? That's been haunted for 30 years. Nobody's gone in there since little Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Get get out of that tower there. Basically, yeah. Um, It's bad news. (laughs) The goddess thanks him for his advice and asks you guys, is there anything else you want to know from him? I don't know how much more we'll get out of him. I sign where? Oh. Where tower? He walks out of the shop and he points towards a a clearing, like a, a break in the trees. The path beyond it is quite dark and he points towards it but he shakes his head and then he goes back into his shop okay so what how are we feeling have we rested recently yeah i mean you're okay you haven't used any spells okay you're probably fine i guess we can just go does there look like there's anything interesting in the town not really uh, especially because everybody is closing their doors to you well anybody i see i make direct eye contact with they will not make eye contact with you as soon I, as you- i try to bend around get them i uh put fran up on my shoulders so she can make better eye contact with them. <laughs> by the time you get fran on her, your shoulders everybody's off the street well this fine is- i make eye contact with corbin then <laughs> so uh, the goddess as you guys are messing around heads over to that clearing of trees and she looks in and cranes her neck towards it and then looks back to you guys and asks should we just go yeah let's just go mary crazy mary (laughs) mary (laughs) Mary is so crazy (laughs) (laughs) all right so you guys head into that little path and as soon as you're on it the path brightens immediately Uh uh-oh and the forest you know it's been this coniferous forest around you Uh, for so long, but now we're suddenly back to these broad-leafed deciduous trees, and you can really clearly tell now. It's, you know, it's early spring, the birds are chirping, there are uh, little trees with white flowers that are budding out, and as you get a little bit further in, there is a clearing, and there is a stone tablet in the middle of the clearing. And when you go up to, to look at this tablet, You can understand it. You can read it. Mm -mm. And it says this. Those who wish to find what they seek, look to the light of Wavell. But ye who seek, be warned, for there is always a price for knowledge. We already paid it, 
to Daniel. <laughs> I take out my magnifying glass and I investigate the tablet. Okay. Oh, and I got over 20. Okay, so looking at this tablet, it's about hip height, like a stone slab, and okay. the writing is on top of it. And as you're looking more closely at this writing, you can tell you don't actually recognize the symbols. You don't recognize mm. the letters. Mm -hmm. We can just understand. Yeah, you just innately knew what it said. But other than that, there isn't much else you can glean from this tablet. Okay, so we have to pay for the knowledge we want. I take out a silver piece. I put it on the tablet. Nothing happens. And let me read that again, just so you guys get that clue again. Those who wish to find what they seek, look to the what? Look to the light of Wavell. But ye who seek, be warned, for there is always a price for knowledge. To the light of Wavell. Cat, didn't you say that the light, like the path, lit up or something as soon as we? Yeah. Yeah. Does it continue? No, there's no clear path forward from this point. Hmm. Is there like a point where the light is concentrated? No. We can't tell where it's coming from? No, but what you do notice as you're looking through is that the forest beyond this point seems very dark again. Okay. Do we know anything about a light of Wavell from... Should we roll yeah, like a... Uh, roll a history check. History? Yeah. That's 17. What, here's what you know of Wavell. He's the scribe. Um, Wavell is the only god underneath Sirtis, the force of knowledge. Sirtis is the first force to create a mortal. And Sirtis is also the first force to imbue a mortal with magic power. Oh, maybe you gotta use magic, like, to make a light. That's a good idea, Sophia. I will make my shirt light up. Okay, so you make your shirt into your disco shirt. And immediately, the light flies off of your shirt, and it flies into the woods. Oh, uh -huh. let's follow it. All right, I'm going to have you yeah. each make an athletic check. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. We don't have our horses, I suppose. Nope, you didn't take them with you. Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, can Corbin turn into a bird and follow it? No, the trees are too thick. Damn it. 23. I got 19 because I rolled an 18. Okay. I got a nine. <laughs> All right, that, that'll be enough to carry you through this roll, Corbin. All right, so as you guys sprint off into the woods, you're following this light as it, it weaves between trees and underneath fallen logs. And Laika, you are fine. You know how to do this. You are racing after it. You're keeping good pace. And uh, Fran, you're not far behind. But the goddess, she is not good at this. And she stumbles pretty quickly. And Corbin, you stop to help her up. And as you do, the light fades away into the distance. Fran and Laika, you see that it fades out. And the woods around you are very dark. And you, you turn and you look and you're trying to figure out where it went. You take a few steps and then you're back at the start. You're back at the stone tablet. All four of you. We have to do this together. <laughs> and the other thing you notice now that you're back at the stone tablet, though... I mentioned how there were those those trees with mm -hmm. the the white flowers that were coming to bud out and everything. The the trees have flowered and actually the the flowers have started to fall. It's no longer early spring. It looks like it's actually late spring. Mm. Maybe even getting towards early summer. I hope that something terrible doesn't happen if we get to winter. <laughs> yeah, or that time is moving faster here. Yeah. Yeah. 
So one theory we like have it. is that it didn't work because we didn't all go together. It could also just be that it's a distraction. Following a light doesn't necessarily seem wise. Let's try it together. Let's try one more time. Yep. And let's hold hands. Can we do like a group check then? Yeah, we'll do it. Like helping each other. Yeah. We're intentionally helping each other yeah. out. <laughs> okay, okay so I cast light again. Okay. I critically failed. I got a 15. I got a 14. The goddess got a 7, so that is not going to do it. You you oh, guys yeah. try again. Um, and this time you don't even get that far before Laika just falls flat on her face. <laughs> and the goddess, she stops to, to help you up. And you turn around and you're back at the stone tablet. And now it is midsummer. It's actually gotten quite warm now. Okay, I have a spell mm. called Speak with Plants. And you imbue plants within 30 feet of you with limited sentience and <gasps> animation. You can also turn uh, difficult terrain caused by plant growth, such as thickets and undergrowth, into ordinary terrain that lasts for the duration. And the duration is 10 minutes. Okay. So you um, want to make this less difficult terrain? Oh, okay. Wait. I have a question before I cast it, though. Okay. Has the light gone in the same direction both times that we've done this? Yes. Okay, so I cast it so that it starts where that light is going, so that there's, like, the most amount of length of the spell. Okay. Does that give yeah. us advantage? Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll, everybody take advantage on your athletics roll. Oh, wow. That was a bad roll. Didn't help me. <laughs> uh, I got 15. Okay. Wow, it didn't help me either. I got 10. I got seven. <laughs> well, luckily for all of you, the goddess got a natural 20. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mary, crazy Mary. <laughs> <laughs> so with that natural 20, she is able to help you guys get through. And as you start out running, Corbin and Freya, now it's you guys who are flagging behind. And it's just that you're just getting so tired. You're not trained to run long distances, not like Laika is. And you're starting to flag behind when... The goddess looks back at you, and then you feel amazing. You feel this golden glow inside of you, and your energy returns, and you are able to follow this light as it weaves around trees and underneath branches. And at first, the, the roots are moving out of the way with Corbin's spell, but even after that fades, you're able to make it through. And eventually, you guys come to this clearing. We've done it. So, you come to a clearing with a squat hut in the center of it. The hut is about probably 50 feet uh, in diameter, and it has a roof made of bright blue shingles. There's a door that is also bright blue, and it is barely tall enough for uh, Corbin. It's, like, just about Corbin's height. Some tower. Uh, we walk into it. Well, can I fit in? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, well you can crouch down. Okay. Yeah, you, you have to crouch to get through. Yeah. Um, and you feel a little bit silly when you do. But yeah, you try the handle and it, it opens right away. And when you open the door, it is completely dark inside. Um, you cannot, it's like an inky black veil over this doorway. You can't see inside. Um, okay, so I will cast light again. Your light just doesn't pierce this blackness. It won't go through it. Uh... I think we have to trust in the heart of the cards. <laughs> and I go through. All right. The goddess falls right behind you, Laika. Fran um, grabs onto the back of the, the goddess's like armor. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it falls her. Corbin sticks his head through. What does he see? 
Welcome to this middle part. This is where I live now, and I'd love to escape, but I was trapped here by a demon. <laughs> First of all, let's get into um, our fan art. I think I haven't mentioned it in a while, but y'all, you gotta check out damesanddragons.com slash fan art. It is a wonderland. And on that note, I just haven't mentioned this in a while but y'all if you want to talk to us on social media we would love to hear from you especially if you're listening through the show and you have things that you want to talk about quotes you like or whatever else we would love to speak about it we're obsessed with our own podcast so if you ever feel like oh like I don't have that many friends who listen to this podcast wish I could talk to someone wish I could talk to the person who literally said this like get up on our Twitter. We're Dragon Dames on Twitter, Dames and Dragons on Tumblr and Facebook, and we would love to have that conversation. The other place we love to talk to our listeners is on our Patreon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we're um Dames and Dragons on Patreon, and we have a couple new Patreon donors this week, two weeks, and they are Kayla and Matthew. And I'm going to mention Phoebe, even though I'm pretty sure I mentioned her in the last episode. Thanks again. (laughs) You guys are awesome. Thanks so much. Also, thanks to our iTunes reviewers from this last couple weeks. That goes out to Daniel Stewart and Codename Please Know. And just to mention, the next person to leave a review will be Sweet Number 50, which will be something you can tell all your friends and dates and they'll be like thanks for telling me craig that's really cool i like to only date people who leave reviews on itunes that's just a dating tip for you from me the man trapped in the alternate devil dimension next today our episode of dames and dragons is sponsored by playground adventures a third-party rpg design company with a focus on adventures for children i'm legitimately super excited about this they have material for Pathfinder, 5e D&D, Pony Finder, and Hero Kids. And not only is it family friendly, but it's also critically acclaimed. Their adventure, Pixies on Parade, was number five on N Zeitgeist Top 10 list of 2016. And the following year, its sequel, Nightmares on Parade, was number one. Also, their after school adventure series is a series of shorts designed to only take a few hours to complete, and many of which help first-time gamers learn the ropes. Now, I am the youngest child in my family by quite a bit, so I have a lot of nieces and nephews that I am going to need to um, initiate into role-playing games, of course. And I think this is going to be a really useful resource for me. My nieces and nephews kind of like think I'm like kind of cool right now, and I really need to nip that in the bud before they become teenagers. So be sure to go to playgroundadventures.net to get some of these awesome adventures for kids. And now a message to Chantel. Chantel, I've been trapped in the middle of this episode for many moons and have not laid eyes on your beautiful, beautiful, beautiful face. I miss you, and I curse you. The code word today is Idrills. You are now trapped along with me, Chantel. Let's get back to that episode.
So you enter the hut and are immediately confronted with a space much bigger than the outside. You're standing on a balcony overlooking an enormous library. Like, the library of Estra was big. This is insane. It's like a palace. You are on the top floor, and there's maybe 50 floors under you. Like perhaps a tower? Like perhaps a tower! <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's going into the ground? It seems that way. So, yeah, it, it's 50 floors down. In each floor, it's just shelf after shelf of books and scrolls. Like the Library of Estra, it's mm-hmm. got a hollow center, and then uh, further into the library, it looks like this is just one column of many. It goes way further down. Like an infinite library. Yeah, that's what it feels like. An infinite library. And there are these little tiny golden golems that are running around carrying scrolls and books. They're shelving them and organizing them. And as you're looking around at this, you walk to the edge of this balcony and look down. And at the bottom of this tower, you can see a man bent over at an ornate stone desk. And there are about a dozen other desks around him that at first look empty, but then you realize that there are golden hands scribbling on scrolls at each desk. What do you guys want to do? Corbin, do you come in or are you just staying out there with your head uh, through the door? Well, I, when he sees that it's like just a place, he comes in. Okay. This is more than just a place. This is the infinite <laughs> library. Corbin wants to call down to the man. Okay. What do you say to him? What's up? The man looks up at you and all the hands stop scribbling. Corbin waves. Um, As you start to wave, you get a very intense feeling of vertigo. All of you do. It's like you're falling very, very fast. And then when it stops, you're standing on the bottom floor. Right on the same level as the desks and the hands. Uh, That sucked. (laughs) Oh, God. The goddess, um, she gags. She looks like she's gonna throw (laughs) up. The man turns around from his his desk to, to look at you guys and... At first, you have a very hard time looking at him. He doesn't really have a face or a body or any features, just sort of like a vague suggestion of a humanish form clothed in cerulean robes. And he exhales sharply, and then his his features fill into all the shadows. And he takes the form of a middle-aged man with a completely bald head and a square black beard and bright blue eyes. The hands go back to scribbling, and he spreads his own golden hands wide to welcome you. Welcome, my Lady Kai. It has been far too long since we saw you on the surface. Oh my god! Oof. Okay, um, does the goddess react to that? Uh, actually, yeah. So... Wow. The goddess inclines her chin toward him, and she tries to draw herself up into that regal goddess that you guys first saw, where she had that, you know, serene presence. But she just, she starts to sign something, but stumbles immediately, because she rolled a natural one on deception. (laughs) Um, And the man, Wavell, as you probably have assumed, Mm -hmm. his face falls and he looks at her and says my lady are no 
You're not her, are you? <laughs> that is... Hmm. Well, that is something I didn't know, and that does not happen every day. What do you mean, she's not Kai? Let's take a moment here. I should introduce myself, since apparently introductions are to be made. Welcome to my tower. I am Wavell, the scribe. And he gives you a very elaborate bow with a lot of these hand flourishes. I grab yes. his hand and I shake it. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, I'm Fran and I'm a very big fan. <laughs> it is always good to meet a fellow scholar. Fran backs away, staring at her hand like she'll never wash it. <laughs> <laughs> and you, tiefling. I am Laika, and I try and do a, a bow as cool as his. I'm going to roll performance. <laughs> I don't do great. Uh, so you try and bow, but you lose your balance, and you fall into, like, downward dog. And a pair of golden hands comes and grabs you under your arms and pulls you upright. And Wavell nods to you. It is good to meet you, Laika. And you, boy. Bye. <laughs> I'm Corbin. I have nothing cool to do, but I was going to do a leapfrog over Laika until you picked her up. Well, it is good to meet you all. And and you. He l motions to the goddess, and uh, she looks at all of you, and she signs to you, Fran. What should I tell him? You can tell him you're our friend, Crazy Mary. <laughs> <laughs> well, he shakes his head. <laughs> it is delightful. This is a delightful surprise. My dear, you do not need this genasi to translate for you. I can understand the gods speak. And the goddess looks confused. Um, she signs, what? What? The gods speak. I, my dear, I, I find myself perplexed and that does not happen often. Do you, you are one of us. Yes. So you will speak as one of us, as a god does. And all can understand a god. It is one of the things that makes us unique. And she just sort of crosses her arms over her chest and uh, she tucks her hands into her armpits. Oh. Just sort of shuffles back behind Fran. <laughs> Listen, we've come a long way because I don't even know where to begin with this. Now, I think this is one thing that I do know. Now, Dawson did tell me you were coming, so I do know what you seek. You seek to speak the common tongue, correct? Yes. I already knew it was correct. That is my job. <laughs> <laughs> no, but before we continue, before we continue, as, as first, your offerings. And he waves his hand and a large plush blue chair appears as he's sitting down and it just sort of appears under him and catches him. And a pair of golden hands takes one of the desks and drags it over next to him. The hands stand at the ready with a quill on a parchment. Now, I will explain as you seem confused. My price is such. You must tell me something that I do not know. As we have already found one thing, my dear, I will not make you pay a price. Mary, was it? Mary. Your presence is price enough. But... The three of you, please, enlighten me. Fran doesn't know fucking anything. Yeah, it is like it. Fran's an idiot. <laughs> we got three demos over here. Um, how much do you know about Astra, sir? Now, that... 
My library has a small section on it, but not much. Only what I know for... I was never able to traverse on the island for obvious reasons, so I only know what Kai has passed on to me through our brief meetings. When did you meet with Kai? I cannot answer more questions until you give me something good, miss. Okay. um, (laughs) In downtown Astra, we have totally hot parties. So as you're speaking, the, the hand starts to write, and as the words are coming out of your mouth, you're forgetting them. You're not really sure what you've just said. Do, do we have hot parties? <laughs> um, and even as you're like, you don't give that many details, but the hand seems to be writing for longer. And, you know, when you had said that, you had this memory of the, of the co- party we threw. Yeah, that cool hot party. And as the hand is writing, you're forgetting it. Noel, can Fran have like a flashback of like seeing everybody saying, This is the dopest party ever? And just like disappear. Basically, yeah. This was the only time that Fran ever had a successful social interaction in her life. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, so you're, you're describing the party to Wavell. Um, and you're talking about Fall Orc Boy, the hottest band on Estra, the, the cool party tricks that you did, your flashing shirt. And by the time you're done speaking, you're not sure what you just said. And Wavell claps. He says, now that, that is something interesting. I had not taken Estra for a place with parties. It always sounded so solemn and grim when Kai described it. Esther's a place with what? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have specified the price that you pay. You can't have it back. Have what? <laughs> oh, my God. You forgot the dopest party ever. Fran, that party was so cool. <laughs> what? Fran sits down and like stares in his face. <laughs> um, so the hand, the golden hands, they roll up the scroll that they were writing on, seal it with blue wax, and a little golden golem comes and takes the scroll from these hands and exchanges it for a piece of fresh parchment, which the hands lay out and uh, the quill poses over them. Uh, whichever one of you would like to go next, please, please. One time on Estra, I had a really boring day that I don't mind forgetting. Noval <laughs> <laughs> looks at you and says, now that is cheating, and I will not accept that. Please, take another try. I'll do... On Estra, in the forest, there's this hidden pond. And it's the best pond for fishing and swimming in. And at the bottom, there's a really cool sparkly rock. All right. So as you're you're talking about this pond, which it's it's very significant to you, right? This was like your favorite spot it's the wolf's to go. Favorite spot is a spot where maybe it takes like a while to hike to get to, but like once you're there, it'd be like where the wolves would go to like cool off. Okay, yeah. So you have a lot of really fond memories of this spot, and and as you're describing it, and you're describing the cool sparkly rock that you would dive down to to look at, and it just fades away and by the time you're done speaking all you have is this hollow feeling of what once was there like a sits down by fran and it's just like (laughs) fran reaches out without looking and holds like his hand (laughs) yeah she takes it and just stares off into the middle distance (laughs) and you corbin your turn now okay um (laughs) so uh 
I happen to know that there's like that this thing that they do on Estra where like if you're an idiot you have a child when you're like too young because of the pressures of society that placed against you you have to like abandon that child basically in the woods or whatever I guess that's I wouldn't know this I'm not human I don't but anyways that's I I guess that's what happens and I would forget about that I'm. Tell me a little more about this, son. Is this what happened to you? Uh, I, I'm a crow, so I was born to my crow parents. Uh, but I saw babies just like hanging out. The woods was really fucked up. They just like sit there. They like in a little crib sometimes. They got like a baby blanket, or sometimes they just like are on the leaves. So as you're saying this, Corbin, even as you're you're not telling necessarily the truth. You're telling the truth that you're projecting, but you know right. deep down that you were one of these children. Not ready to look at it yet. <laughs> and I guess you never have to because you feel that memory slipping from you. You can't picture it. You can't picture their faces. But you know that now you've forgotten them. The faces of the people who left you in the woods. And it hurts in a way you didn't think it was going to when you started this story. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fran, um, having also been a baby that was abandoned in the woods, <laughs> reaches out and also takes Corbin's hand, even though Corbin doesn't now know why. <laughs> yeah, like it does too. So they're sitting in a circle holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Corbin's like a single tear is running down Corbin's cheek and he's like what's up guys what, what happened <laughs> my face is wet <laughs> nothing happened buddy it's okay cool this is so sad <laughs> so as you finish and the last word is written and Corbin's memory is erased and the little golem comes to take it Wavell springs up out of his chair and the chair just vanishes Bravo, wonderful. I knew that if you all dug deep, you'd find something interesting. Now, those will make very good additions to the library. Now, come, 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 come. He starts walking, and Mary starts to follow him, but then comes and helps all three of you up off the ground. <laughs> oh, um, oh, and she gives each of you a little hug as she does. Oh. Um, she takes a step back towards the direction Wavell is walking, and she assigns, Don't worry. I'll remember for you. I need a lot of things remembered for me. Thanks, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> so as you guys follow him, he says, No, I, I promise I will give you what you seek, but I so rarely have visitors. Uh, the villagers, they've begun warning people away for some reason. I mean, simply because people come out of the woods saying, Oh, the year has passed. Two years have passed, but I only went in yesterday. And they uh -oh. say, <laughs> And they say, Oh. Don't go into those woods. You'll be cursed. Uh, we need you to give us the information right away. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I think... Mm, Sir! From what I understand, only perhaps two seasons have passed. It is maybe what? three or four months later. We need to go! No, you'll... To where? Now, come, come, come. Time will not continue to pass at any quicker rate. I'm sorry that you failed my test a couple of times, but oh. that these things happen. Oh, so the time is normal now. Oh, of course, yes. But when you get lost in my woods... I make eye contact with Corbin being like, gods, am I right? 
<laughs> Corbin raises his eyebrows and gives you the hugest, like, this guy is a bitch look. <laughs> uh, Fran, meanwhile, is just, like, following after him, t- tiptoeing on her little twinkle toes. Yeah, so he leads you down a, a passageway through more stacks of books. The ring of stacks that you could see in this tower, you realize that there are hundreds more shelves further back. And he walks you through them. And as he does, he says, no, you, you must indulge me. It has been so long. And it has been so long since I have come across something or someone that I did not truly know about. Now, Miss Mary, I must know. You were meant to be Kai, correct? You, that was what was supposed to happen. And like the goddess shrugs. He, he looks at you all and he says, no, tell me a bit more. Before we tell you more about Mary's background, why don't we hear a little bit about yours? And perhaps, uh, your feelings about that cool guy Torva. Ugh. Very well. I understand. That is reasonable. I- I am the scribe. I am here to record. For my father, Certus, being the wisest of the forces, he knew that knowledge was not something that could be guided. Other gods, they are meant to guide mortals, to to hold their hands and show them the way. But not I. I am here as an observer to see what you are able to do and to take down all of the knowledge that you create. My entire library is dedicated to this. And that is all. I am a simple god. I have very few desires outside of simply collecting the knowledge. That's so cool. Please tell me you hate Torva. Torva is... Is he a butthole? Is that the word you're looking for? Butthole. He is, uh, yes. He is a butthole. All right, now we're on the same page. Fran holds up a hand for a high five. A golden hand comes out just flying out of nowhere and gives you a high five. (laughs) It's my other hand, and now I look at both my hands like I can't wash either of these. (laughs) Torva, he has a complicated history in our pantheon. We are all what we are made to be. And he was made to be a butthole. He was made to be a conqueror. And if you make someone to be a conqueror, they will continue to find things to conquer. They conquer a town, then they want to conquer a city. They conquer a city, they want to conquer an empire. An empire, a continent. Continent, a world. A world, another world. And so on. I do not wish to say it is not his fault, for he is a man with many faults. But we are, as I said, what we were made to be. We do not have the luxury of choice that you mortals have. And so, the rest of us who were made to be more... Mm, more sensible things. A scribe. A sword. and protector. We do our best to keep him in check. Can gods reform, or there's just no redemption for them? There have only ever been two things that happen to a god. We are born, and we die. Gods can die? We can be killed. Torva figured out how to do that, and he's been doing it ever since. How many gods has he killed? Well, not counting the children, he has killed four of us. The children? Well, yes, gods have children. That's... You've, you've met them. You met Dawson, yes? Yes. Uh, I think you mean... Dumphead. 
<laughs> he laughs, and it's a big belly laugh. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he hates that. <laughs> He's always been a vain child. But yes, he's the son of Colonio. What's, who's Colonio? What do we know? Colonio is either the thief or the trickster. He plays a... Okay. Colonio and Colonia are gods who switch roles. Hmm. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Do uh, gods have children by, like, the same way that mortals have children, or do they just create them? No. Well, the child of a god is a demigod. It must be made with a mortal. In the traditional fashion, yes, when a man loves a woman, although we do not have such uh, rigid sex characteristics as mortals do. So the, I don't remember which gender the halfling was, but he was one of them. So, yes, uh, but to, to get back to your original question, Torva has killed four of us gods, and unfortunately, perhaps a dozen or more of our children. How can gods be killed? Now that, I'm surprised you do not know, for the goddess was the first one that he slayed. Well, perhaps not. I suppose Desit was the first he slayed, but that was a complicated matter. Did not truly die until quite a bit later. But <laughs> Torva colluded with a tomb, and they created the Castra. And the Castra's poison will steal the immortality of a god. It steals the immortality? Does that mean it kills it? Steals the immortality and allows them to be killed. That's like taking away a god's godhood. Fran and Laika make very meaningful eye contact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it takes away our immortality. We still have our powers for the duration of time that we live, or we find ways to continue living. Aww. And he looks at Mary, as you did, or rather, your mother did. Now, you all did not answer my question. You started berating me with questions, and <laughs> now we're getting a bit lost. And uh, by this time, you guys have come to another open space in the library. Wivel, he, he sits down, and underneath him, a large blue plush couch appears, which he lounges on. And a few, a few other couches and ch chairs appear, and they're all upholstered in this soft blue velvet. And a table with snacks, little cookies, and tea appears between the couches and the tables. Please, help yourselves. Corbin sit, dives sit. for the snacks. <laughs> now, Kai never truly explained it to me, and that was, that was greatly frustrating. She was very secretive. But from what I understood, Kai, the way she avoided the Kostra's curse, was to sacrifice her daughters in order to continue living. She sacrificed her daughters? Yes. Like, she killed the baby? She passed her spirit along to her child and sacrificed the child so that she would continue to live. That's, that's correct, right? <laughs> I'm asking you. Oh, well, what we learned on Astro was that the goddess always had a different face because her daughter became the new goddess. And the mother died. Well, we don't know what exactly happened to the previous vessel of the mother. <sighs> I was afraid of this. Now, that's the problem with you mortals. You don't have the longevity required to really grasp knowledge. But that is also what makes you so ingenuitive. It, I, I, this library would not exist without mortals, without all of the things you create. So I suppose I should not be complaining. Those in... Yeah. Yeah. Now, Kai would not sacrifice another's child to create a vessel, so she sacrificed her own. 
and transferred her spirit to that. What I can guess, then, is that you, my dear, were not killed. But I can see you have her divinity. So, that question remains, then. What are you? Well, there's one other piece of information, and that is that her father was Torva in Vioni's vessel. The face changer. Is that what happened to it? Well, we're not sure. That's what we were told by Cecilia, and she's not a reliable source of information. Who's Cecilia? A butthole. I see. She um, was an attendant to our friend Mary, who was instructing her how to keep Estra's citizens in, in the dark about that she didn't have her memories or her voice. And her counterpart attendant was literally the vessel with Torva inside. Ha. Huh. That does sound like him. He's gotten craftier over the years. When we were young, it was all fire and swords and blood. Now he's disguising himself in stealing vessels. It's chilling, but unsurprising. Are there books around us? Oh, everywhere, yeah. Okay, Fran is like, as he's talking, she's inching away and she picks up a book. Uh, you picked up a book on fashion of the city of... She puts down the book. She doesn't yeah. care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she picks up another book. She just continues doing this. Yeah, like, as you pick up books, it looks like you are in a section about fashion. She it, keeps trying. And every time you uh, you put a book down, a little golem comes up and, and takes it from you and puts it back right where it's supposed to be. <laughs> All right, cool. So, now if this woman, who may or may not be trusted... But let's assume that she is, and Torva would be your father, my dear. That would make you something new. Gods, you see, I I suppose I must explain this. We cannot mate with one another. We cannot take one another and breed. It's a, a way our parents used to keep us from creating more gods. And perhaps it was the only bit of foresight they had. <laughs> So, the spirit of Kai isn't in Mary? Is that what you're saying? Do you think she's somewhere else? Yes. Okay. Did Kai die then? I don't know. I had no eyes on Estra. I have no idea what has happened to our Lady Kai. We've all been having dreams. Nightmares. Not all of us. Well, a lot. 75% of us have been having nightmares. Corbin a lot longer. Me just recently. And they have similar characters. Um, I'm going to pause right there. Um, yeah. All of you make perception rolls. I got a 16. 15. I got 13. Okay. Please describe to me the characters in your dreams. The one I saw was a wolf, or it appeared at first, with yellow eyes and a crown of bones. Hmm. And you, Mary. The, the goddess nods. Mary nods. Uh, she signs, yes, I have dreams of the same thing. And a man with a flaming sword who fights the beast. I don't know what it means. They only started when, I, when Estra fell. She couldn't tell if his teeth were made of black glass. <laughs> <laughs> that is an interesting note. <laughs> oh, you mean like... <laughs> Yes, Torva's teeth. They're nasty. They are unsettling. He needs (laughs) needs a dentist. Ah, there is a story. There's a tome. Ah, somewhere, perhaps. 
mm, third, fourth floor. Uh, it it goes into detail about how his teeth got that way, but it was a it was a bet with the Janbo, and he lost it. It was quite funny, actually. What else would you like to know about these dreams? These aren't figures I'm familiar with. You haven't heard of anybody with a crown of bones? No. So Mary said that it was a creature with black feathers. And when we saw the symbol for the crow god here on the world below, it was different than usual. And also, like, birds hate Corbin here or something? Do you think it has anything to do with the crow god? Oh, which one? Um, the the only one that that there the moonin the only one that there is. Oh, I suppose there wouldn't be any reason for Kai to have ever told you, but uh, moonin does have a brother, or did. It, it, it's very dif- difficult for me to think of, of of a god in past tense, but yes, uh, the second crow, uh, Hugin, her her brother. <laughs> His name is Hugin? <laughs> yes. That's stupid. <laughs> Hugin is the father of hawks, where Moonin is the mother of Carrion. So you see the sort of So diverse. that's that's why the hawks hate Corbin? Oh yes, I would suppose so. Hugin has always been incredibly mad at about his sister departing for a floating island in the sky and giving up her godhood and dying. So I suppose he would very strongly hate anyone who is blessed by his sister's divine presence. Well, he probably hates anybody who has a cooler name than him, too, which is like everybody. (laughs) He lives a bitter lifestyle. Oh, that's pretty true, actually. He's quite bitter. What does he do? Does he just sit around and, like, pull feathers off crows? What any of the beast gods do, and what any of the rest of us gods do, they... Plan for the future, make alliances, break alliances, watch over mortals to some extent, some more than others. Does he ever, like, make crowns of bone and, like, try to haunt the goddess's dreams? (laughs) I don't believe so. I don't even believe he would have the power to do such a thing. The beast gods have a bit of a lesser extent of... Their reach is not quite as far as those of us who are not beast gods. I suppose. That's rude. We don't really have a name for ourselves other than just gods and then beast gods. So that is a good point. We should come up with... And he he pauses here and one of those little tiny golden golems comes up and he, he looks down and says, please make a note. We should come up with a taxonomy for gods. And the, the golem nods and then runs away. Now, uh, I'm going to have you all make perception checks. 19. I got 16. Oh, I should probably roll for him, too. I got 17. <laughs> okay, um, so you all hear something clatter further into the library. What the heck he was that? Oh, it was what? That noise. Mm, I didn't hear anything. I definitely heard something. What's wrong? What? <laughs> I also that, heard something. It was clattering. Sure. Probably just one of the golems dropping something. I've done my best uh, over the years to refine their motor skills, but they're still a little clumsy. It's just their make. Mm. My senses that are not spider senses are tingling. (laughs) Your crow Uh, senses? My crow senses, yes. I'm going to open up my divine sense. Okay. Get those senses. Uh, You feel a dark divine presence somewhere off further into the library.
Is there anything else you want to know from him? Uh, no. Mm-mm. She looks at him. <laughs> that was a sigh of disappointment from Kat. No, no. I would never be disappointed in anything you guys do. You are all perfect angels. Mm. Wow. Is there anything else you want to ask this guy? <laughs> Cobalt Press is a third-party design company for RPG products. They've got a range of books and supplements on monsters, adventures, and settings for Pathfinder and D&D. Their chief member, who I can only assume is three kobolds on top of each other wearing a trench coat, is Wolfgang Bauer, a well-known game designer who got his start writing for Dungeon Magazine back in 1991. The premier product of Cobalt Press is the Midgard setting, which is a world that had a very successful Kickstarter earlier this year. And in order to keep the Midgard content coming, they have decided to launch a Patreon that will stream new material on a monthly basis. If you know anything about Patreon, then you know you get new content based on your donation level. So Cobalt Press's recent Patreon-supported project is called Warlock, which takes place in the Midgard setting. And in return for becoming a patron to support Warlock, you'll get first access to new maps, new monsters, and new 5e character options, as well as much more. For only $1 a month, you get access to the Warlock PDF, sneak peek photos of upcoming releases, as well as patron-only polls and posts, and that's for only $1 a month. There's only more from there. Their Patreon can be found at patreon.com slash cobaltpress. That's patreon.com slash k-o-b-o-l-d press. Make sure to check them out and explore a new setting for your favorite role-playing games. <laughs>